everyone, this is Jillian and I'm from the Tyndall Momentum team. I work in acquisitions and I'm here with Stephanie Rishi. She's the author of I Was Blind Dating But Now I See, which is a new book about all of her crazy dating adventures. And um, we're just going to talk to her a little bit. She is actually, she works at Tyndale as well. She works as the senior editor on our nonfiction team. But she also freelances for Humanutics, Today's Christian Women, and Significant Living Magazine. She's also got a blog where she writes about life and books and everyday moments of grace. So, Stephanie, we Hi. are so excited to have you today. I'm so glad to be here. Um, I wanted to just talk to you because your book just released and now your dating life is in print forever. <laughs> no so, pressure. How do you feel? Yeah, no pressure at all. Um, and it's funny because I'm actually a kind of private person. So the idea of having such vulnerable, awkward, mortifying <laughs> stories about my life out there is a little intimidating. I will admit that. Um, but I have to say that there's something about just imagining, as I was writing, I imagine just one person reading the book and picturing that person and the struggles they were going through and that helped me to have the courage to write it just knowing that there was somebody out there and I didn't want them to feel alone I think that's such a hard thing when you're in that spot of wanting to be dating and wanting to be married and it seems like everyone else is getting married around you and you're the only one who feels that way and so I wanted people to have this book as a friend along the journey that they're not alone yeah we just when we're recording this the day or two after Valentine's. So that can be a particularly hard season um, if you're single and waiting. Um, what what would you say to that girl who just is probably residual lament <laughs> after a bad Valentine's? Yes, it can be such a hard day. I think when you're a kid, it feels like, oh, a fun holiday that you get to make little Valentine's for all your classmates. But then after a while, if you've been had enough valentine's day solo it can feel like everybody else around you is celebrating the one thing you want and you don't have and it seems to come so easily for everyone else and um i think just our society makes it seem like you know there are diamond jewelry commercials everywhere and candy hearts and teddy bears everywhere it's hard to escape that and um i think valentine's day can just be really in your face um, reminder of what you don't have. Yeah, it's pretty ruthless. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, you talk a lot about this kind of season of waiting and how to wait well in your book. Um, can you just kind of tell us about what your book entails? I mean, we all know that your bad dates are there. <laughs> yes. But but it's not just about the dates in your book. Right. Well, each section, there are eight sections, and each one opens with a blind date story all varying levels of humorous and or awkward and but then each section has kind of a theme to it of what I was learning along the way and what God was teaching me and the first section is about waiting and I think no matter what life stage we're in we're waiting for something and for me um, that was just a really hard thing I'm used to kind of being in control of my life or at least I have the illusion of wanting to be in control of my life but when you're waiting for something it's kind of a reminder that we're not in control and what will we do with that waiting period like will we um, surrender to God and say okay 
my script for my life I'm handing over to you or will we try to wrestle that control back into our own hands um, so I think the question isn't will we have to wait for something but how will we wait yeah and I remember as what I loved about reading your book was that it's not wrapped up in a bow kind of oh yeah I was just able to wait for God and then a man came along you really wrestle um, with what it means to be faithful and, mm -hmm. and to wait how did you can you talk to me a little bit about your journey kind mm -hmm. of your faith journey and yeah waiting is hard um, and for anybody who's listening who's waiting I feel your pain it is really hard um, one of the stories in the Bible that really helped me during that waiting period was the story about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead and there's this line in there in Luke 11 about um, how Mary and Martha tell tell Jesus that their brother is sick and it says even though he loved them he waited to heal him and waited till after he died and I think that sometimes we equate like if God isn't answering my prayer that means he doesn't love me and actually maybe he's waiting because he wants to do something greater than we can imagine and so um, but I love that part too that Jesus wept with the sisters um, before he raised Lazarus from the dead even though he was going to do a miracle he saw their pain and he knew that in their pain they were grieving and so I think there's something beautiful about just knowing that God sees our pain in our waiting and he grieves with us and mm -hmm. so we don't have to gloss over the difficulty and the pain of waiting like God acknowledges that too yeah and I think there's also a part in your book where you talk about one of your friends who really came alongside of you and grieved with you mm -hmm. um, I know that's often not the case mm -hmm. uh, especially if you are friends with different people in life stages but community seems to be a big part for you in waiting well definitely and my friend that you're referring to she was married and had two kids at the time and was in a very different life stage and so I think it can be easy to just try to mask that pain and think well this person won't really understand or maybe even this pain of being single and wanting to be married, maybe it's not that big of a deal. You know, there are children starving in Africa. Who cares about my desire and my longing to be married? Um, but I think it's really a gift to be able to make yourself vulnerable with friends and say, hey, listen, this is hard for me, and can you pray for me? I know there were sometimes when I just felt like I couldn't pray about something anymore. You know, I'd been asking God for that one thing for so long. And that's when it was really amazing to have friends step in and be able to pray for that on my behalf. Yeah, definitely. And, and sometimes it can just be so healing, like that friend who just stopped as you, she was making a life change and said to you, she came alongside and said, this, this stinks. And I'm sorry that yeah. you're not where I am. And yeah like met you in your need right um it reminds me of the rejoice with those mm -hmm. who rejoice and weep with those who weep mm -hmm. um I know you and I have talked about that before how as especially now I'm thinking about going into the summer of weddings mm -hmm. um where everyone's getting married or engaged or um I know like my sister's getting married how do you rejoice with those mm -hmm. who are in this great season of life, 
but you are not. And yes. it's something that you want. That's so true. It's and like Valentine's Day right. only wedding and, edition. And you spend more money on yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> and you might have to wear an ugly dress. Right, exactly. <laughs> and smile for a lot of photos. Yeah. yeah. Um, I share one story in the book about um, how when my roommate was getting married, I was so happy for her and I was... I liked the guy she was um, getting married to. Like, they were a really good match. Um, but it still meant a loss for me. Um, her gain felt like my loss. I know I was losing a roommate, and I felt like we we were not in the same life stage, so how was that going to affect our friendship? And I remember sitting on the floor as we were sorting out our dishes and our Tupperware containers, and I was thinking, so not only does she get the guy, but she also gets all the new dishes? <laughs> what in the world? The nerve. <laughs> I know. Um, so there is that feeling of someone else's joy feels like it adds to your own pain so I really prayed a lot that God would allow me to rejoice with those who rejoice and I didn't want it to be uh, something that came in between our friendship and so um, I think praying about it is huge and then also just being honest with your friends about saying you know this is hard for me and I think there's power in being vulnerable even though that's really hard yeah bringing it into the light yeah. Yeah. And I I found that it really your friends meet you there mm-hmm. and it's so much better yeah. than stuffing it down. Yes. Um okay, so let's get to the juicy stuff. <laughs> let's talk about dating. All right. <laughs> uh you went on some pretty bad dates and I don't want to spoil it for the people <laughs> listening, but I do want a little teaser. Tell me about your worst date. Okay. Well, the as you said, there were eight pretty horrific dates. Um, all of them flopped in some capacity or another. But I should mention that I'm sure I contributed to the awkwardness myself, so I don't want to completely throw the guys under the bus. Um, but that said, there is a story about a guy I'll refer to as Limo Dude. Um, I've changed all the names in the book to protect the innocent or the guilty, as the case may be. <laughs> So this guy worked for a limo service, driving people back and forth from the airport. And he was off his shift and came to pick me up. And immediately he said, well, why don't you sit in the back seat? And I thought, well, that seems a little strange for a first date. But so I went over to get in the front and he said, no, no, I insist, sit in the back. (laughs) And so we had our first real conversation through the rear view mirror. Like, you can't make that up. I just... Yes. I really hope that he found his match. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad it wasn't you. (laughs) Yes. One of the things I learned through this blind dating adventures is that you just have to find your own brand of quirky. You know, it's not like the person is going to be perfect, but you just have to find a compatible kind of quirky that will work with you. And you are not the limo kind of quirky. <laughs> it's okay. We can't all be. Um, well, what did you, would you consider yourself like the blind dating expert? Like what makes a, a good blind date now mm. that you've been on so many bad ones? Well, I should dispel the myth that I'm a blind dating expert because you may if you read the book, you'll realize I'm actually one for nine when it comes to blind dates. So my track record isn't very good. But that said, I think what makes a good blind date is not only that you're learning more about the other person that you're on a date with, but you're also learning a lot about yourself. And so I think when you 
interact with someone who's different from you and especially somebody you don't know it really reveals to you a lot about your own values what's important to you what you don't want in a relationship and just the person you are so I think if you can learn from it it's not a complete flop can you think of one of the bigger lessons that you learned about yourself from these terrible dates Mm, good question I think there can be a tendency, especially among women, perhaps, um, that we want to be liked and we want to become the person that the other person wants us to be. And I think with blind dating especially, you're set up by a matchmaker that you care about. And so I think I definitely felt some pressure, like, I really want this to work because I want this guy to like me. I want to be in a relationship. um, And I want the matchmaker to feel happy about how everything turned out. So I think one of the lessons that I continued to learn was I'm just myself and I can be myself. And I don't have to try and become someone I'm not to make other people happy. Mm That's really good lesson, a hard lesson. That's a hard lesson. <laughs> um, let's talk about the matchmakers because that that brings up an interesting question to me. Um, as someone who's been single for a while, I've received a lot of advice and and matchmakers and um, what like what's the worst or best advice that you've gotten? Mm. I feel like people when they know that you are dating. They just want you to be married. Yes. So they'll be like, oh, well, you know, just start wearing purple or (laughs) you'll get the guy. (laughs) That's right. And I think that comes from good intentions. People care about you. They want you to be happy. And so it comes from a good heart. Um, And I would say one of the things I learned throughout my various adventures is that I felt very loved by the matchmakers. You know, even if the date was... not a success I felt like wow they went out of their way to set me up that makes me feel special and loved Um, but I would say one of the worst pieces of advice again comes from a good intention but a lot of people told me as soon as you stop looking for it it will happen oh yeah (laughs) yeah and that just never really rang true for me because you know, do you close your eyes and pretend like, oh, I don't care if I ever meet somebody and then magically it it happens. So I think there's something to be said for being okay with the tension of being grateful for all that you have, but also telling God, hey, this is a legitimate desire I have and it's not fulfilled yet. And so finding contentment, but also not just shoving your desires in the corner of your heart. Yeah. Do you um, feel like you would recommend someone to go on a blind date like if they are single and have are living in that tension is that a good idea because I when I when I was single never said yes to a blind date you said yes to eight of them that is a little bit either brave or crazy I'm not sure which um me either (laughs) I'm not the kind of person who is very brave so it's kind of surprising to me that I did say yes um, there, so each year I am terrible at New Year's resolutions. So, well, there was one year that my, I just pick a theme for the year because I figure at least I can remember that by March, you know. So one year my theme was face your fears. Mm-hmm. And I realized I was making a lot of decisions out of fear, not, um, not because it was really what I wanted to do, but I was avoiding something. 
And so around that time, people were starting to ask me if I'd be interested in being set up. And um, I realized my initial thought was no way, Mm -hmm. I would never want to do that. And I tried to pinpoint what is it that I'm actually afraid of? And obviously it wasn't that I was afraid of dating, but I was afraid of getting rejected. Mm -hmm. And so just to be able to pinpoint that and realize, wow, I'm choosing to say no to something out of a fear of being rejected, but I'm also closing the door to what could be a potential relationship, something that I really wanted. So I think that was a turning point in just my view of taking risks. Mm -hmm. And um, not that it magically happened, but I started realizing that I didn't have to be a slave to that fear. Mm. Yeah, fear is definitely something that you have to fight head on. Yes. And and be that if if it's blind dating, then that's your that's own right. special flavor of fighting fear, I suppose. <laughs> Not one that I want, but it's okay. Other um, people are probably quicker learners and they don't have to go on eight blind dates to face their fear but for me it took that long for god to work on me god has a pretty good sense of (laughs) yes he does (laughs) so well thank you so much for talking with me today i i personally love your book and encourage everybody to read it um do you have any hopes for the book as we close Mm. wow well i my main hope is just that people will read it and feel like they're not alone on this journey i remember when i was single it felt like there were two main categories of singles books. One was how to snag a mate in 10 days or less or something. Um, And the other one is how to embrace the gift of singleness. And I didn't feel like either of those were really meeting me where I was. And I just wanted somebody who was a friend along the journey, like somebody who knew what it felt like to be facing these things, waiting and praying for something and not having God answer. So I hope that people will read this book and feel like they have a friend along the way. Yeah, you're a good friend. (laughs) Well, thank you so much again for joining us. Um, Stephanie blogs at stephanierishi.com and her book is out now. So you can go online or you can go to the bookstore and get her wonderful book. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks.